Good afternoon, everybody. It is that time of the day. It is Mindful Mondays with Dr. Corliss P. Bennett. How's everybody doing today? It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Would you be mine? Would you be my neighbor? I am excited because I am outside. I decided I was going to come outside and just enjoy the blue sky. So I am actually at the Citadel outlets. <laughs> I um I had to turn, pick up my tax stuff today, and it was near the Citadel. And I said, you know what? I'm going to take some exercise, and I'm going to walk around. I didn't buy anything. I usually go for this. I usually go to the outlets for for two things: shoes or purses. And I hit Coach, MK, or Dooney and Burke, because that's the only way that I can afford it, is if I get it at the outlets. So, and then I get my shoes at Clark Shoes. They really have some good, nice leather shoes, you know, nice work shoes. So I just kind of walk around and I look at people and I was trying to peep out a spot where I could be today. And I said, I'm going to sit here, over here, where it's quiet and people are walking by and probably just, you know, I'm on the phone or talking on FaceTime or something. So, yeah, and I haven't been getting much sleep. I, I didn't get much sleep. I'm noticing the bags under my eyes, Renee. Oh, my God. Do you see that? I look awful. No, you look oh, fine. You look fine. Oh I feel the, I feel the bags. See, I mean. Do you, see, do you see this right here? But you know what? I'm always cute because I have my matching sequence mask. Right, so that's okay. Kind of very so nice. Right, right. Amazon is the devil, and so therefore, <laughs> so yeah, I get all my masks. I got all different colors. I probably have 25, 30 masks, but you know, that's because I'm going to be wearing them until I die, pretty much, because I don't trust this whole this this pandemic is not going to be over ever. So anyway, I, I just have different colors, and I just whatever I have on, I got something to match with it. So I got different sequins, but. But anyway, it is, it is just, you know, it's a nice day. I didn't have any mm -hmm. meetings today. Other than, I didn't have any meetings today other than to go pick up my taxes and sign the paper since it's due today. I, I emailed everything last week and it's just so nice to be outside. I just, I guess I just, you know, we're, in, you know, we go to work and we're inside, right? You know, you, you go to lunch, you're inside. You, you, you. You're just always inside. And so today I just felt like I'm going to go outside and I'm going to just feel this air blowing through my ball head as it's getting, as it's getting colder. And I wish I brought my jacket, <laughs> but it's, it's just, it's just nice to be. And I, you know, when I talk about mindful Mondays, you know, one of the things we talk about all subjects, hence, hence today's topic, <laughs> which I got folks listening today. So they want to know what's going on with that. So we'll jump into that in like two seconds. But, you know, mindful, being mindful of how you feel and your thoughts. And sometimes you just have to stop, go outside and just sit and just be one with, with outside. And that's what I, I decided to do today. Like I said, I really didn't have anything to shop for necessarily. And if I see something that I wanted, I'll get it. If not, so be it. But it was just nice to actually walk around. So I've got to figure out a way to make sure that when I'm in the office, that I make sure I go outside and get some fresh air during break times. Um, so, yeah. So I have my girl back with me today, my soror, my former student. My former, my USC alumna, Ms. Renee Burwell. Woo-woo. Fight on. Yes. And um, we had her on a couple weeks ago. We, we scratched the surface. So I want to make sure I give her the whole show so that she can just, and I can just ask questions and go from there. So I will read to you what today's show is about from the promo. It says that Renee Burrell is a certified sex therapist. I think that's what got everybody. I put it on. I put it on Facebook, girl. Folks was like, ooh, ooh. She's a sex therapist and educator. Uh, she will discuss how to receive pleasure, whether you're single or in a relationship. That's what I want to hear about. And then also review ways to help you keep things spicy when things are appearing dull. 
And that's what's been happening. I was talking to somebody on the way here and they were talking about how somebody was getting a divorce because of COVID. And the reason why they're getting a divorce is because they both have to work from home and they both have to be in each other's space. And I think what has happened with COVID, it it has helped us to realize how important it is to get out of the house. Even if you're going to work and work gets on your nerves, at least you get to come home and home is kind of like your, your solitude, like your, okay, your home or this room is your chill room and this is your bedroom and I'm going to sleep and do whatever there. But when you're at home all the doggone time, hence me, and you've got, and I'm in a one bedroom apartment because I ended up down here to Los Angeles because of COVID after my dad passed. So I have my living room and the bedroom. And so at five o'clock when I close the laptop, I'm still sitting on the same couch that I sat on all day working. And it just, I think it, so I can understand how this stuff can be very stressful. And if I had a husband or a boyfriend or whatever, or if I had kids and I had to be around them all day, plus all night, I think that would, that would wear me out. So I can understand why there's a lot of folks who are just losing their minds and just things. And so then you want to throw, you know, if you're in a relationship, then you want to throw sex into the picture. I mean, if I, I'm, <laughs> if I did have someone special, I would definitely be utilizing the, the oneness, the love, and being close to someone because that gets your mind off of a lot of things. So having said that, Ms. Burrell, um, talk to us about this receiving pleasure, whether you're single or in a relationship, or give us your backdrop and then jump into that. So I'm turning it over to you. Okay, well, thank you. And also, it's kind of interesting because last time I talked to you, I think I was on my way out of the country, and mm-hmm. now I'm back, but I don't feel like I've had got had any settling in between time. So I'm still kind of like, woof, it's been like a roller coaster over the past few days or weeks. Um, so I just want to say that first. Um, but just to give a backdrop, as you were saying, a lot of people are getting divorced now due to COVID. A lot of people are, if they're not getting divorced, even if they were in a relationship, they're parting ways um, for a variety of reasons. Um, and then a lot of people are single for a variety of reasons because it's been very hard to do dating and to feel safe. You know, especially if you do have an, a compromised immune system or you have loved ones that have compromised immune systems that you're not really trying to expose yourself to too many different people. Um, exactly. So with that being said, oh, go ahead. I said exactly. So with that being said, you know, my thought is, you know, how do we still receive pleasure even with the backdrop of what's going on around you? Um, how do we still, whether it's in, because I am a sex therapist, I'm going to keep it more sexual, but in order to even be sexual and aroused and have desire, you have to kind of have things that are sparking that. So it's like, how do we keep, and really what sparks sexuality in many different ways is one, a routine, you know, so having some type of routine, whether it's masturbation practices, self-love, or having some type of sexual routine with your partner where you're at least having sex a few times, I'll say a two to three times a week. One time a week can sometimes create more anxiety, but if you're doing it two to three times, it's a more routine where you're just like, okay, we know we're going to do this. It may be pleasurable sometimes. It may not be all that sometimes, but at least you got a routine going. So it's not like, um, anxious in between and where you're just like, well, you know, I'm out of, just like with exercise or anything, once you feel out of shape, it's hard to get back in. So I look at myself like I was out of shape physically for a while. Now I got back in the gym and now I'm like, okay, I crave it. I need to do some type of exercise. The same thing will happen with your sexuality, your sexual pieces. And then also another thing to keep in mind It's just like a lot of us are just lacking fun in general right now, you know, so it's like just really prioritizing fun, prioritizing newness. And sometimes newness can exist inside closed spaces, but you have to be very, very creative. And that's one of the things that's beautiful about having a partnership. If you are in partnership is that you have a partner, hopefully that is willing to be creative with you. Now, when you have a, that's what's kind of causing a lot of the splits that's happening right now is people are realizing that they have a partner that's not really collaborative with them. Mm. And, you know, we have to figure out how can we be more collaborative? How can we have more fun? 
and um, be more creative. So it's like, you know, they have different boxes out here. They have that venture couples book or guide or even the self couple, I mean, the self adventure book. Um, there are a mystery science um, boxes that you can do at home. There's so many different things to kind of make life at home less mundane. And also, again, just being creative on your own can be very helpful. And even though that some of these things are kind of geared to couples, they do have things for singles, too, to kind of keep keep you kind of motivated and going. And it's interesting because it's like now we're in a space where people do believe we're post-COVID. You know, we've had the vaccine out. A lot of people aren't dying quite as in as high rates since we do have the vaccine. But people still do need to take caution. And it's not just about COVID. I mean. COVID is a communal illness, but there's plenty of other communal illnesses out here that we have to be mindful of in order to protect ourselves. So again, just really prioritizing yourself, prioritizing, making some kind of a routine when it comes to your sexuality so you don't feel out of shape once you are with a partner or even by yourself um, is very important. And just again, making sure you're having real fun, whether that and figuring out what that looks like for you. So like for me, and even though I just named a few other things, I just say like for me, I enjoy playing cards. Like when I'm playing cards with people or even by myself, I just lose myself. And I just am like, woo, just everything goes away. And it took me a while to realize that because at first I was like, I'm not having fun. And people were just like, well, you should go to this art class or you should do this or you should do that. And, you know, playing, doing art is not fun for me, you know, because I get very anal where I'm just like, oh, my lines are awful. This isn't right. And it's just, it's creative, but it's not fun. So like, going to like bounce houses, you know, and I, I'm being very specific bounce houses. What I mean by that is like the places where kids actually play and bounce. They're, they're a lot of fun or going sledding or going, um, just things that bring you out of your element. There are not, there's not adult bounce houses, but there probably are some bounce houses, but they might not actually mean bounce in the same way I'm talking about. So, you know, Really keeping thinking about what do you enjoy that brings you life that makes you feel energized that kind of keeps you on this earth is what I I really want people to focus on um, when it comes to their sexuality um, and just when it comes to just living life because again if you're not having fun it can be really hard to um, want to connect with someone or connect with yourself and it's really interesting because. Um... You, you don't think about sexuality as being a part of self-care. Nobody talks about that in the list of self-care. Girl, get a massage, you know, read a book, lay out at the beach. But nobody talks about uh, sexuality in that in that way. And, and that's interesting what you were saying, you know, books and different things and finding, you know, you find that if you have a partner that's creative like you or even wants to be next to you or be with you or whatever that is, that's still all a part of, self-care self-care is making myself feel good so what does that what does that entail right and that could be even, you know, thinking about doing things together sexually. That could be reading an erotic book together, you know, reading different passages and maybe doing some voices. You know, you have to think about what it, you have to come out of your element sometimes and push yourself to do stuff that might seem uncomfortable, but it will be something that's different and challenging. And really sometimes like if we think about new relationship energy, that is driven because you're in a space that's new, that's exciting, that's different, that you're unsure of. So sometimes putting yourself in spaces that you're unsure of, like I said, like with reading erotic material, maybe watching a show. They have a great hump film festival that Dan Savage um, puts on every year. That could be something you and your partner watches and it shows different forms of sexuality and expressions of sexual um, pleasure that I think would be fabulous for couples or people individually to watch. And they do have people who are having solo sex on, on the, sh on the um video, I guess, streaming. I'm trying to think of what to call it. I'll just say the platform and, you know, it's a beautiful thing and it's going on until the end of this month, but that's another thing you can think about doing with yourself or with a partner. What are you calling that again? It's called hump film festival. Hump as in humping? 
Mm-hmm. Yes. H U M P. Yes, would, film it, festival. You know what? Mm-hmm. Would, why, why wouldn't it be called that, right? Hump festival. So we can Google that and go from there. Yes. I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna check it out. I'm grown. I'm not afraid to admit. I'm gonna check that out. Hump. And some of it you might look at, you might be like, oh, I don't know about that one. But then there's some other things you're going to look at and you'll be like, that is, that is right up my speed, my, my, um, lane. And then other things you're going to look at and you'll be like, I never thought about that before, but maybe that might be worth trying. So, you know, it's a large variety of things to kind of watch and explore. And like I said, there's some solo sex as well as partnered sex, um, in the, in the screening at this point. So I definitely recommend anybody who's listening to this, if that's something you might be interested in doing, that could be another form of exploration. But there's a variety of things you can do besides just what people see in pornography to keep keep yourself excited and activated. And see, nobody talks about this because everything is so, you say sex, oosh, it's taboo, you know, but but if you are 55, like me, and you're Mm -hmm. in a a space where... You know, you're single, and I'm not saying we'll go out there and just do everybody. That's not what I'm saying, people. Do not, do not go tell you. <laughs> lady and not that there's anything mind. wrong with that, as long as you're being safe and mindful, right, mind, right. body, spirit. Because, you know, you think about these couples, like, I guess Monique had an open relationship, and I guess mm-hmm. apparently Will and Jada Smith have an open relationship, and there's a lot of people who have these open relationships where you explore these things, and I don't know, all I know as of today, I don't know if I can do that, I don't know if I want to see my mate with somebody else, or knowing, knowing, see, because there's one thing about cheating, and not knowing, but knowing that your mate is with someone else, that's just deep to me. And, and, and I'm finding that more and more people are exploring that because of the sense of, like you said, opening your mind, right? I mean, I mean, if I just we really eyes. think about it, people have had, men have had the privilege of being open for years. I mean, since mm-hmm. the beginning of time. It mm-hmm. wasn't until people started putting ownership on women where open relationship was kind of changed into, Men can do it, but women can't. I mean, even if you look at, I'm in Nashville, um, Nashville, the Broadway and where the river was, that's where all the sex work used to happen back before, you know, back in the day, not now, but like, you know, just kind of like people as they were going through soldiers, different people, that's what you did. And if you go to New Orleans, every spot has a spot, no matter where it is. Um, if you look at the history and it wasn't until they started, um, criminalizing prostitution that or sex work that things start to kind of change but just to kind of note like people have been in having sex outside their marriage since the beginning of marriage you know it's just at one point it became more um inappropriate or immoral to do than what it is today and i think what has happened is now that women are being more open and guys don't like that like you said, men have been doing whatever they've been wanting to do since the beginning of time. And now that there's this openness, you know, like you said, like the Monique and Will Smith and them, like now there's this openness that, you know, yes, we're married, but I can also do the, I'm just saying this out, I can also do the mailman and it's not a problem. And my husband knows, and I'm just like, that is, that for me is so out of control, but it is more acceptable, at least maybe maybe I just didn't have an ear to it and maybe I'm hearing more about it because some of these movie stars and actresses and stuff are doing it, but I just never really, I never really looked at marriage as a shared responsibility to have someone else included other than who would be my husband, you know what I'm saying? And so now it's just a whole new world. And then you, and then you've got, now we've got COVID, which is like restricting everybody and or making everybody get butt wild because it's COVID. I, you know, right? I mean, I just, I just never really thought of it in that way to be open. And I think more now that women are more open, it is really throwing men off. Mm-hmm. Does, that, I mean, does that make sense? I mean, and we're, we are talking about from a very, um, and I'd like to acknowledge that we're talking from more of a hetero lens, 
But yes, um, it is definitely, I think, I mean, the reality is in our society, money equals power and it also equals energy exchanges. So now that women have more um, accessibility to money as well as energy and different things, I think that it is, we're just seeing a lot of shifts happening in general all around. Right. And um, also when we look at the LGBTQ community in general, or what I like to say, um, se- sexuality and gender minorities, um, it's just, it's people are evolving in so many different ways. You know, if you look at, I mean, there are like certain stereotypes that even happen in, in all the different communities. So like with, um, heterosexual communities, there's a typical possessiveness that keeps it where, um, monogamy is key and like we both own each other typically, at least in America. And then in same sex male on male relationships, there's kind of like an understood openness to some degree, generally speaking. And then in more same sex, um, female relationships, you'll see uh, kind of like a possessiveness again. So, um, and sometimes there may be some openness, but majority of times they, they usually, there's it's more prone to monogamy in those relationships. So I don't know if that's a cultural thing, if it's a biological thing where um, women, no matter if they're in a hetero relationship or if they're in the same sex relationship, they tend to be monogamous. But that is kind of like the trend. So, so talk more about um, this piece of of um, receiving pleasure, whether you're single or or in a relationship. Um, you'll have to ask me more of how you like me to elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got forty minutes. Elaborate. I mean, because the, you know, I have a lot of people that are really excited about today's show and just just want to hear what you have to say about things. So, um, okay. Uh, I mean, everybody's grown, and if they're not, they can turn off the radio. <laughs> so, I mean, everybody's just yeah. Let us know. Talk to us because again, this is something that we don't talk about, and, mm-hmm. and maybe we should be more open to talk about because people are like you said. They're tightening their grip and they think everything is one way and it's not anymore. It's a, it's a more fluid relationships are more fluid now in the new millennium. And I think it's just interesting um, because even between this time and the last time we talked, COVID has looked a lot different in just a few weeks. So I know like in Nashville, you know, like in beginning of March, you know, everybody was wearing masks. And now you don't see people wearing masks anywhere. So it's just like a complete shift and change in ideology where we're kind of going back to like what was before. So in some ways, um, it's an interesting conversation thinking about what does COVID, what does sex look like now that COVID is, is evolving or the, um, the quarantine of COVID has evolved. So it's like people aren't necessarily staying in the house. People are like gravitating and yearning for connection in a way that they haven't before. So a lot of people, regardless if they're single or coupled or in whatever direction they're in, everybody's trying to get together. Everyone's trying to gain connection. I'd like to think that people are trying to get more meaningful connection because that was something that was happening in the beginning of the pandemic is People, when they were on the hookup sites, um, or not just necessarily hookup sites, but when they were online dating, they were actually trying to um, get to know people. So you didn't just like, oh, you know, you you being you ping each other, and then all of a sudden you're banging the next in a few hours. Like people actually were trying to zoom and talk and get to know each other because they were too afraid to just go out and just have casual sex. Right. And now. I'm not sure exactly where that stands because we've just kind of started to evolve into a different space. But from what I understood, from what it was in the very beginning, people were trying to really get to know each other on a deeper level. And people, 
you know, the reality is most of us have had people that we were close to or that we know who have passed from COVID. So a lot of people are in a space right now where they're not just trying to settle for the, for just whatever life has to bring them. They want to have the best of life at this point. They want high quality. They want, um, to maximize their time here on this earth. And, um, you know, that might mean, you know, cutting some people out and it might mean trying to bring some people in, you know, even in my practice, one of the trends that have been, I always have like certain things that are trending, but probably over the past three months specifically, um, anybody who was like more on the virgin scale is are now coming in and wanting to gain connection and wanting to um, really figure out how can they be more expressive in that area so that they can get partners who will be safe for them to explore sexually, whether they end up marrying that person or not. So it's funny. I, I had a couple people who were in that category, like in the very beginning of my practice, and then it just kind of died off. And then now it's like, I, it's just like, you know, kind of greatly increased that need of like, Hey, I'm now at this age and I don't know why I haven't found this connection. And I want this for myself. So I think a lot of people are really trying to explore what does that look like for them. Oh, you're right. I think, and I think like you said at the beginning of COVID, you know, I, I heard people say, I need me a COVID boo. I said, a COVID boo? Really? Because again, you don't want to keep, you don't want to date a whole lot of people because again, like you said, you want to be safe. You just want to be with you really for real want to be with one person because you don't want to spread whatever to your mom or grandparents or yourself. And like you said, you know, I have a compromised immune system. So I know it's like, okay, you know, you have to, you know, I just have to stay in the house, you know, do what I have to do. But I think that a lot of people looked at that as let me find somebody that I can hold on to right now during this craziness that is COVID, this pandemic, because I can't be around a whole lot of people. And so maybe it did bring people closer, but then again, it also brought people apart because they, you know, those, those people who were married and, and need that space to be outside of the house to work and do whatever, you know, they were around each other too much. So it was like, you know, it was kind of an either or, but I did, I did, I do remember hearing people saying, Oh, I got to find me a COVID boot. And I was like, okay, a COVID boot. Yeah. Okay, I mean, it's I just kind of like cuffing season, you know, I'm not sure if, people on this call are familiar with that term, but, you know, usually around the fall, winter time, people are trying to connect with people so that they can have someone to stay warm with over the winter time. And then what happens is it's around Valentine's Day. It's, it's, this is actually some research. Um, around Valentine's Day, all those relationships tend to end uh, because now people are out free for the spring. So I question excuse me, in some ways, if that's what's happening now, you know, a lot of people have entered into these COVID relationships. And then, you know, as time has come, they they realize like, oh, now I'm free to kind of explore more. And some, I mean, but I think it's just kind of life, you know, it's like the way I look at relationships is that people are brought into each other's lives for many different reasons to help them grow and, and work through some wounds. And um the sexuality is just kind of like, one of those pieces that helps people connect, but there's more than just the sex that connects people to even want to connect on that level a lot of times. Um, and sometimes, you know, it just those brief periods will be good learning lessons for people. And sometimes they're just um, physical and, and it's, it's one and done type of thing. It just, everybody's in different spaces when it comes to relationships and, who knows what this COVID will evolve into or what this time period will evolve into. And what the, if we look at like the generations, you know, it's like generation X has a certain personality, the, um, gr the greatest of all, I can't think of what's the one before the baby boomers. And then you have the millennials. It's like everybody has different characteristics from when they were brought up. So we really have no idea of what this generation here in this present time is going to be classified in because we're still kind of evolving and learning. Like this could be like a, a um, age of Aquarius kind of stage where everybody's reconnecting and doing different things. We just, it's just too soon to kind of tell. 
I don't know if any of that made sense, but hopefully. No, no, that does. I mean, and, and you're right, because there's a, there's a certain thing of thinking, you know. For example, um, you know, my parents, before my dad passed, were married, uh, let's see, I'm 56, so 59, so 57 years. And so, you know, from that generation, with her being going to be 79 in September, um, you know, it's like, okay, that's a totally different thought process. She's from the South. They're, they're both from high school sweet. My dad was my mom's high school sweetheart from Jackson, Jackson, Mississippi. So deep South, deep rooted where, you know, women were taught, you know, find you a man that's going to take care of you and you just give him babies. Right. I mean, that's, I mean, you know, that's the, the era that comes from, you know, um, guys went into the military. My, thank God my dad didn't have to do Vietnam or any of that stuff. Um, uh, he got, he, because my mom was pregnant, they stopped, they stopped him right before he was about to start in and said, no, you don't have to, you don't have to, he, he doesn't have to, you know, like for real, that's really what happened. Um, but my mom was pregnant with me. Um, so, you know, at this point, um, they have a totally different mindset. And then the next generation, you know, is, is, I think there's a generation between me, my mom and my parents. I mean, me and my parents. And then I guess that's my generation after that. Would there be, is there one in between? My parents be one generation, and am I right behind them, or am I? Uh, it's behind? usually um, two behind. Okay, but it depends, so, you know. So I'm 55. I'm not sure which generation I'm in. Um, I think I you're I'm, X. I think I am X, right? And so my generation is a little different because we have a, and depending on how your parents raised you and where you were raised, you know, you have a different thought process of. You know, I want to be married. I want to stay married and, and do what you need to do to keep that relationship. And that's what I did until I was like, I can't do this anymore. You know, if I'm the only one making sure that we're together, then that's not going to work. And so that, 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 that Gen X has a different, you know, we kind of have a mixture of old school and new school and, and then some school. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so it's, it's a little bit different. And, and, and for me, you know, I never thought about swinging. You know, when I heard about that, I was like, what, what? what, you go somewhere and you just walk in and everybody's just doing each other and, and it's okay. And some people, you know, parent, um, husband and wives go together. And I was like, I was just blown away when I started hearing about this. And this has just been recently that I started hearing about some of these, these different places where you can go and the husband and wife. And then, you know, you, you see the, you see the, the wife and you say, Hey, I think I like her for you. And you're, you're, you're picking out who your husband's going to sleep with. And I was just, I was just done. I was like, okay, I, I can't do it. Now, will it ever happen? I can't say, but I, I, I right now today, <laughs> on April 18th, 2022, I'm good. I don't know. If, I, I don't know if I could do that. And I don't know if I could. And, and, and again, that's that, you know, you, some people can open that door and some people can go to these places and just have sex. I mean, again, in, in those places, believe it or not, and I'm sure you know, as a therapist, are very safe. It's condoms. You make sure everybody's making sure that nobody's just passing around disease because it's very safe and all of this. And I'm like, I don't know if I could just walk in a room and just look at somebody and be like, excuse me, you come here. Come here. Let's go in this room right quick and let's do this. I mean, I, I don't know if I could do it, but there are places that, that, that can be done. Correct. There are. I mean, there are different, um, sex clubs and sex toy part. I mean, not sex toy parties, but, um, different private parties, sex parties is what I like to call them. And I mean, I think it depends on a lot of people don't have sex there their first time or even when they go. It's about connection. It's about the respect piece. It's about some people just go there and have sex with their their current partner. So because they like to be um more exhibitionist style, right. Um some people right. just want to be a voyeur and just want to watch. Um So everybody's in different spaces. But even with those, I mean, those were shut down. That's why I say everything's just changing as we're talking because those were shut down for a while. Like they were not allowed to be open um, during the COVID period of time. And oh, over the no. past few months, yes, most of them were oh, shut down. Wow. Interesting. So then over the past few months, specific, I mean, actually probably over the past year, they started opening up, but with stricter requirements, like I think, you had to be vaccinated or at, once the vaccine oh, came wow. out, that's when the things start to open up again. And, um, 
now, you know, walking through the door and it's like, show my vaccine, vaccination, my, I'm boosted. Okay. To walk into a sex pump. That, that just, (laughs) that just, yeah, you have to show your vaccine card. And now I don't think that's the requirement anymore for some of them, but those are just kind of things you, that were, that's what's been happening. Like it's very different. Like, so even if people had, were part of those lifestyles, those were shifted or they were, um, only within private parties that they will be able to participate in the same way. But um, again, things are, things are evolving and they're not quite what they were before, but that's why I, I say like people had to learn how to be creative and have fun at home, you know, in different ways. But now it's, it depends on what state you're in. But even I was in California not too long ago and um, things were pretty lax out there, you know, and I guess the numbers are going back up out there a little bit. I think, Y'all are kind of in the medium risk area, but you know, people weren't really wearing masks. And I was just like, wow, I thought this was just going to be a Tennessee thing. Cause I know we kind of backwards out here, but it's like, it's not even backwards. It's just really the, the guidelines are changing because, um, I think we've kind of probably seen the worst of the worst of it at this point. I mean, it's still here. It will probably always be here, but I think we, things are a little bit more manageable for people to be so open in to. Oh, I was going to say it, things are more manageable for people to be open and just use basic universal precautions. But then it's just kind of like, even when we're talking about COVID, I, I, it's like COVID at this point is just a communal disease, just like a cold, just like a flu, just like HIV just like um, hepatitis, herpes, all of these things are infectious diseases. So in my thought process, if we learn anything from COVID, is that we need to start just taking basic precautions to honor ourselves when we're sick, to stay at home and and recoup before we go back out. And also, um, you know, washing our hands more, wearing masks if we feel some kind of under the weather, you know, just really being more aware. Unfortunately, I feel like there's a lot of people who just aren't even still doing the basics of those things. But um those are some things to kind of keep in mind, like with all of this is like if COVID was anything, it's a lesson to just use some basic universal precautions of healthcare to take care of you and the ones around you. And that's, you know, again, thinking about wearing condoms or barrier methods, you know, knowing your status when it comes to STIs, sharing that status with your partners, you know, being on top of all of those things, even because it's like, yes, the the topic of the show is sex during COVID and how to receive pleasure. But the thing is, all this stuff crosses regardless if it's COVID or not. It's just how do we just be safe when we are um trying to explore ourselves sexually and when I say safe, I'm I'm talking about the physical safeness, but also emotional safeness and um, spiritual safeness for yourself. It's so it's so interesting because when I found out that you were a sex therapist, I remember you being in my class, um, and you were just you just seemed so shy and seemed so reserved. And then I was like, you're a what sex therapist? Like, what does a sex therapist do? You, you're kind of frozen. So. Oh, I'm sorry. I said, I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah, so you ended off, what does me? the sex therapist do? Is that your question? I want yes. to make sure. Okay. Um, yes. So one, I, um, so with a sex therapist, so what I like to say is the main thing is I'm a mental health therapist, number one, forefront. I need to be able to know how to diagnose all the basics like depression, anxiety, work with bereavement and grief. And then once you get through that, you get additional training. So what, like, I am a reserved person. Like, that is that is my personality. That's who I am. And that's actually kind of what makes me good at what I do, because people know that if you talk to me, I'm not going around necessarily spreading your business. So <laughs> that's another piece. Also, one thing that makes, and I'm going to continue on answering that question, what makes someone good at sex therapy specifically is I don't really have spaces where I feel like things are really taboo for me. Like I just believe that things are just part of life and some things we want to make sure are 
in our optimal best interest and are bringing us pleasure versus things that aren't. So one, some of the things I think I work with when it comes to people who have vulvas, um, a lot of low desire issues, um, pain during intercourse that can look like a lot of different things and orgasmia. So the inability to have an orgasm, um, sometimes it can be issues around, um, orientation, sexual expression, with people with penises, premature ejaculation, delayed orgasm, um, erectile dysfunction, all of the grief after cancer, that can be for both people with vulvas or with um, penises. There's a lot of grief with cancer. Um, some other things when it comes to relationships, a lot of mixed desire. I mean, the reality is when you're in a relationship long enough, at some point, one of you is going to want to have sex more than the other. And sometimes that can happen in the very beginning of a relationship, but a lot of times it shows up later. And that can be due to childhood wounds. That can be due to just your sex drives. A lot of infidelity work comes out in what I do. Um, the list of all the issues, I do a lot of transgender work, um, but the list kind of goes on and on. So it's just really being able to help people navigate and understand what what is healthy and natural sexuality because most of us don't know what that looks like. And we might have some basic classes or basic education from childhood, but really what does sex look like after you've had a child, you know, for both partners, what does sex look like um, when you've gone through different stages of life? What does sex look like when you are suffering from a mental health issue? You know, all these things come out where you need someone to actually help walk you through this. What does sex look like when you're unable to be penetrated in some form or fashion? Um, or you have physical disabilities, you know, that's kind of a lot of our healthcare professionals don't know how to really handle that unless they have this as a specialty, unfortunately. So I'm here to kind of help people grieve through some of those processes so that they can gain some acceptance and move forward um, in with the best move forward in the best way that they can. I always, because I play cards, I always use cards as my example. You know, sometimes you are dealt a hand that's bad, you know, but you can, that doesn't mean you got to lose. Sometimes if you're with a partner, maybe your partner can pick up here and there, or maybe you might have to wait till the next hand comes out and catch up, you know, but at some point the hand will change, but you have to know how to optimally play that hand. So as a therapist, I'm here to help people optimally learn how to play whatever hands they have if they have dysfunction sexually, relationally, or personally within self. I have muted myself. That's interesting. I, I didn't even think about like everything you just said. I mean, is, 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 you know, just on the typical level. And I hate to say the word typical. So excuse me if I use that word. But on the level of just counseling and, and like you said, a mental health professional in general. And then mm-hmm. for you, on top of that, the sexuality. So I didn't even, I didn't even think about it in all those areas that you just mentioned. Like you just put like all these different things and I'm like, wow, yeah, wow. And then how does that look when it comes to, you know, like you said, I've, I've never been pregnant. So of course I haven't had a baby, but that, I guess that would be kind of traumatizing after you've had a baby. What does that look like? You know, in I mean, even if you've adopted, you know, or fostering, children can be a big difference in someone's sex, sex life can be. And typically, if you did have a child biologically or if you adopted an infant, you're expected to have issues within your marriage sexual or with, excuse me, I don't want to say marriage, but within your relationship for at least two and a half years, just because of the sleep changes, the hormonal changes going on in the body. Um, between both partners, because when that infant comes, the hormones just naturally start changing because of the sleep patterns. Um, and then you have to think about the physical changes, too. Again, if someone's biologically caring. Um, so it's a lot. It's a whole lot of different things or nursing, you know, seeing your partner um, nursing a child and always being on call for them. And then that may have been your thing. And that's no longer something you can can um, do at that time that can be really challenging to relationship. Yeah. I mean, that's just like you said, there's so many things that we are through in general and then to add the sexual piece, especially if you are in a relationship and, or if they're not, the lack thereof Mm -hmm. of not having that closeness. Um, 
um, not having, especially if you're, you know, I'm a very passionate person, very passionate person, a very affectionate person. And, and it's hard when you're single that you have all this love built up inside and, and, and that is how, who, who is, who are you going to deem responsible to give that to, you know, again, which is called dating, right? You're trying to figure out if, if that is going to be your mate, if that's going to be in your relationship. And if that person can handle your quote unquote heart, um, you know, mm-hmm. let alone the sexual, sexual aspect of it. So that's, that's, wow, man, that's deep. You know, I'm going to be driving on the way home like, dang, that's deep. Like it, it's, it's so much more than, than people put out, you know, put it out there to be, you know, sexual, uh, designs are so much more. You know, all that stuff that you just ran down, that's, that's a lot. And I mean, and even if we think about, you know, it's it's interesting because a lot of people think the holy grail of life is being in a relationship. And really, the holy grail is just being happy, whether you are in and and, and, or finding joy, because happiness is going to come and go like that's just the natural way of how the seasons are, just like the seasons sometimes can be beautiful and they can be hard at the same. I mean, on other days, the the earth is constantly shifting and changing so do we but our goal or our hope is to find joy and find happiness where we can whether you're single or whether you're not so that's why I'm just like when it comes to pleasure especially sexual pleasure whether you're with somebody or not you know enjoy yourself enjoy your partners your partner partners you know and if you are in a space of flow and loving you'll you'll just start attracting that a lot of the times like like attracts like you know so it's like you have to kind of get yourself in a place of happiness and sometimes you need a therapist to help you with that sometimes people gravitate to churches friends community but it's just about like how can you find that internal peace and joy so that you can attract that into your life and keep spreading it amongst others wow that's deep you're right you're so right. Um, you're right. If you if you're walking around and you're not being you're grumpy or whatever, you're going to either attract somebody like that or you're not going to attract anybody because nobody wants to be mm-hmm. around necessarily grumpy and negative and um, um, you know negative on themselves, negative on life. Oh, that chair, you don't want that chair. It's brown. You should get a black one. You know, just that whole negativity. So you get like, wow. I never thought about it in connection to sexuality. That's deep. Wow, learn something new every day. Look at you, girl. Woo. <laughs> teaching, teaching, teaching. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if we think about it, like sexuality is just kind of like that. Um, someone you will say it's like the cherry on top or whatever. If we're going to use that saying. But it's all, it's like usually if you're not really treating yourself well sexually, there's many, many other areas that you're not taking care of yourself in too. Um, so, and sometimes we got to work on those deeper layers before we can get to that cherry, but sometimes we work on that cherry and then we can start spreading to the other areas. It can be a two, it can be, there's multiple routes to getting what you want is what I like to tell people. So what I'm learning is the piece of being happy because being happy then is going to start the process where everything else will sort of fall in place if you are happy mm-hmm. with yourselves. So, so here's just a weird question. So like what, what types of things do you suggest to your clients that, that, that help the folks think about what makes you happy? Does that makes sense at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, one of the things I like to, to think about is like the fun piece and like really thinking about what are the things where you feel truly in flow and you feel like this is what makes you happy and feels connected. And even in those moments, there's going to be moments where you don't feel truly in flow, but that's one piece. Then we also kind of have to work on some of those mental health issues. So people have anxiety or depression or um, some other form of mood disorder that could be happening in the background or just even managing stress. Um, those things can, and we need to work on managing those things and trying to figure out how to um, clear up some of those past wounds so that we can be more focused on our happiness. Sometimes you, you can't connect to your happy space or your, your pleasure 
if you're too, if you have too many things on your shoulders weighing you down from past stuff consciously or unconsciously. Um, another thing I like to tell people is like, know your yes, know your no's, know your negotiables because really having good, clear boundaries. And I, I don't know why I haven't said this even earlier in this call. That's usually one of the number one things that I see in people who are having sexual issues is that they're giving themselves away too much in so many different areas that they're not giving, taking time for themselves. So really kind of focusing on you and what makes you happy um, and not giving yourself away all over the place, whether that's with your job, with friends, with family. Those are things that can help you stay um, present. I mean, I just look at people like Mr. Rogers, for example. I feel like what makes Mr. Rogers so special is that in everything that he that we've seen of him that he does, he's very present. He's very focused on the people who are in the space with him. And he he's grounded in, in self. And it's like we all kind of have to get to that space so we can learn how to be grounded in ourselves and um, be able to say yes and no and maybe or this is negotiable. And and leave room for ourselves so that we can give to other people. Like instead of giving to everybody else and then coming back to us. And then at that point, we at some point, everybody's resentful. We have to really make sure we're feeding ourselves first and then we can spread out um, and enjoy all aspects of life. Interesting. Wow. And, and like you said, and, and when that all is in play, the other pieces come into play when it comes to sexuality and, and, and partnership, be it whatever type of partnership, like you said. Wow. And good meditation practices are important. You know, like taking time to sit in quiet is, it's about prioritizing you. Um, good, I mean, just physical exercise, doing yoga can be very helpful, but those are other pieces. It's about, again, shifting from everybody else and production and really focusing on you and, and how can you make yourself a priority? Wow. Okay. Well, I, that's something I'm going to work on. I'm like, okay, that, like you said, take that time to just sit and be quiet. No music, no radio, well, no music, no radio, no TV, no phone. Well, no some music can be okay as long as it's not distracting. Right. Right. But I mean, I, I, remember just sometimes I had a piece where I was just sitting and I don't know what I was doing. I guess I was just sitting and there was nothing on and it, it, and it was very peaceful. And I was like, Whoa, I don't even have to see me. I'm going to turn on the TV. Like it, like it, it, it dawned on me that I was sitting in complete silence and the only thing that was there was me and my thoughts. Right. And, and, and or not just, just being, like you said, at peace. And how that can affect you. I mean, all of that is deep, Renee. Wow, man. <laughs> I'm just, and it I'm only me, takes I mean, three minutes. Three minutes. Three minutes of quiet. A... Really? Can set your whole day. Wow. Just complete quiet. Just lay there, sit there, whatever that looks like. Close your eyes, whatever that looks like. Three minutes. So is that something you just start your day off with, something like that? You can start or end or do multiple things throughout the day, depending on what you need. But it will help to reconnect you over and over again. But again, just like I said, with sex and with exercise, if you're not used to doing it, you're going to be out of shape at first. So you're going to your mind's going to be going and racing. But then you just keep focusing, reconnecting to the breath. And then you'll notice that. Because you focus on your breath and your body, because the breath is what keeps us here. You know, once the breath is gone, we're gone. So it's like once you've connected to that source of your energy, you'll notice that you're less reactive to people and you're more present and you can be more pleasurable in all your encounters. You can experience more pleasure. That's deep. Wow. One of the things that you did mention was the energy of a new relationship. You mentioned something about how new, like if you could keep that mindset within yourself, that newness of like, okay, we're together, we're kissing, we're together. Um, and Corliss, you're breaking up just a little bit. 
Well, I guess oh, you no, I, I, well, I didn't really break up. I, I stopped talking. <laughs> I was like, how do you keep that flame going? Like you mentioned something. About oh, okay. Okay. Really I didn't hear you because you yeah, were, yeah. you froze for a second. Oh, um, I just, I just stopped. I stopped moving. I actually, <laughs> I, 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 um, so I was saying that you were talking about in a new relationship, how that, that energy is put out there from both people because it's new and how do you newness or or like you were saying with 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 um, you know being single or in a relationship of some sort like how does that how does that work how do you keep that newness I know we got like seven minutes or six minutes but you were talking about I mean it is uh it does take a uh, that is a long conversation but some of my biggest pieces is again sticking to trying to be creative um, mindfulness is like such a great practice in general because one of the principles of mind, mindfulness is having a beginner's mind at all time and kind of appreciating that something's new every time you're in it. So like when, when I think about the more I get in depth in my mindfulness practice, I can watch the same movie multiple times and it feels brand new to me in some ways. And I, like I'll still get scared in the same spaces because I'm coming at it from that beginner's mindset. The reality is when you are um, in new relationship energy, that does not come back. You go, Your relationship grows into a different stage where you can find a deeper love. And it's just, it's a different energy. So like, I want to let people know from the beginning, like you can never get that space back of that hot, heavy excitement. But what you can do is you can learn how to, create new exciting environments that show that this person is, the, is my person. We got each other's back. We are here for one another and um, you're exploring the world. You're exploring new experiences with one another. Even if it's, even if you're not traveling the world, you can still explore the world in your space and what it is just by creating new experiences. And um, again, keeping that beginner's mind and practicing good mindfulness good mental health, good physical health, um, all of those things can kind of help you keep your relationship thriving. So I like what you said. You said that, that that beginner's mind, if you kind of come at things with that beginner's mind, that I guess I guess you're a little more open when you're at the beginning. And, and you are, I guess, at the beginning of a relationship because you're trying to figure out that person. And so you become a little bit more open Um you know, to that person as you knowing that you're, you know, this is, might be a relationship. And then with that relationship, that sexual piece may come into play. So mm-hmm. that's, that's interesting. A beginner's mind. Wow. Wow. I don't know about the listeners, but I'm learning a lot today. <laughs> and I totally appreciate it. I, I just keep looking at you thinking, I'm like, Renee, how does Renee, she's just so calm. And so, you know, just, I just never would have ever thought that you would have gone into sex therapy. I just never would have ever, 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 ever thought. Oh, wait a minute. We, so we, so we have our, our next uh, host is on, uh, Godwin. He's on the show. And, and so he likes to, he likes to creep in on my show and ask some questions. And then Kiana loves it because there's that cross. Uh, yes, Mr. Yes. Uh, hi, Renee. This is Godwin. Called hi, Godwin. And, uh, this is usually the kiss off point. And I really like to creep up on the show because she brings the most amazing guests on and discussion about <clears throat> sex and so on, you know, kind of gets me going. But when you said three minutes, the first thing I thought about was one of my favorite books by Paulo Coelho. I don't know if you know the Brazilian mm-hmm. author. And he talked about 11 minutes. That that is all it really takes. And, you know, to get value for your box, it's 11 minutes. And the narrative goes to describe this young lady, Maria, looking for a place and blah, 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 blah. But the end, it, at the end of the day, if you do an evaluation for pleasure and everything, 11 minutes max, you roll over and it's just about done. So how do you compare the three minutes to the 11 minutes? You know, 11 minutes, so it's usually 3, um, 7, 11, and then it goes on to 30, 
kind of 120. It, 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 depending on how deep your practice goes, the deeper all of this happens. This can even be sexual, sexual too. Sometimes you might start with three minutes and then you move on up depending on what your, your situation is. But my thing is, I like people to start somewhere, right? So if you can't start with 11 minutes, don't start there. Start with three. And then you'll notice that as you begin, just like with exercise, you will desire more because you'll see the benefit. So three minutes, you're going to see some movement if you're doing it on a regular basis with meditation and or with um, sex. You know, hey, three minutes of y'all touching, you know, three minutes of touching yourself, then maybe move up to 11 and you'll see how things in your world just start to shift and change because you're what you're prioritizing you first and then everything else will start coming into place. The world will reward you rewarding you. I love it. I love love Mindful Mondays. This is beautiful. Well, folks, thank you, Godwin, for bringing that in. And I know your show is coming up in less than one minute, but Renee... Oh my girl has come through and just really broke down sexuality during the pandemic and just all these tips that you've given. I'm just like now my mind just gonna open my mind up. So thank you so much for being on Mindful Mondays. This is Dr. Corliss Bennett, and we will see you next week as we can continue to explore topics of all nature. Okay, thank you, Renee, very much. God thank have you. a great show. God have a great show. I don't know. I don't know if you're gonna stick from sexuality to whatever <laughs> you're gonna be talking about. But <laughs> we will try our best to maintain the same tempo. <laughs> Family, have a good evening.